Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the B-Roll Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Chris. And I'm your other host, Anthony. We're here to talk about a delicious movie today, Angels Fallen. Angels Fallen. Did I not say Angels Fallen? You did. I'm just reiterating. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was much confusion. I think when we talked about this offline, I... Since I, I think I texted you, yes, and I realized that this movie's title is very similar to another movie called Angel Has Fallen. Yes, so I actually anticipated you watching it instead, but that didn't happen. That wouldn't make sense because that would mean <laughs> that you sent me possibly a good movie, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, tell me about this movie. What do you want to know? Well, here on the uh, B roll podcast. We talk about the movie first. We spoil it, if there are any spoilers worth spoilering. Then we break down what you could consider a plot. And then we kind of give our final thoughts, anything else that we missed. Sometimes we talk about specific actors at the beginning. Sometimes we talk about specific actors at the end. But today, since this was a movie that I picked, Anthony is going to give me his opinion first. So let's start with that. I'd like to give my opinion by asking a question. I'm all ears. I got a couple of questions, actually, Christopher. All right. How long have we known each other? Now, is that is that how long we've like known known each other, eh. or is that how long we've been friends? However, you want to answer that question. The fact that you didn't know and didn't answer—I well, mean, I think I, I think that tells enough. Well, because there is an inside joke between us that you and I technically met probably. True. 17 years ago at our mutual friend AJ's house playing a game of Halo 1 on the Xbox. But I think in reality, we became friends probably around 2005. Friend friends. Sure, sure. When you hit on my fiance. Uh, I didn't know she was your fiance at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why is it important how long I've known you? Just kind of give context to my next question, which is how many of those years have you you hated me? Not a one, my friend. Not a one. No, uh, because I I felt <laughs> the hatred as I was watching this film. Maybe it was payback for um, singularity. Oh, uh, oh no! <laughs> I can never. You could never get back at me for that. You should just let it go. You should definitely just let it go. No, uh, this movie was horrible. <laughs> it was just so bad. I don't even know. I don't know. I have nothing else to say. It was a bad movie. <laughs> okay. I was a bit surprised at how bad, because it's people. If y'all have actually, if anyone out there has actually listened to our podcast before, which um, I don't know why I brought that up, but if you have, you you know that when we talk about bad movies, we've, we've it's, we're we're close to fifty fifty. I think we're leaning a little bit more in the bad at this point. They're usually bad for very specific reasons, and there's other like redeeming qualities within the movie, and um, there's nothing <laughs> redeeming about this movie <laughs> whatsoever. I will watch Singularity again before I watch this movie again. Okay, fair enough. I can agree. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Which part about the about feeling hatred or not liking the movie? So th- this is not a good movie, and I think. We talked about it in Kingdom of Gladiators. No, I'm sorry. It it may have been Singularity, where this is just... 
I feel like someone could make a board game, and a board game may already exist of this. They're not a board game, but like a like a party game, like Apples to Apples or what's that other one? Cards Against Humanity, where you take a, a card and then you just write a cliche on it. And then you just write a bunch of cliches and you put them in a deck and then you oh, have man. to come up with a movie. Oh, man. And I think that's what happened. I think that game may already exist, and some filmmakers were sitting around playing it, and they they decided to put every single cliche possible. Yeah. I have down here that this is a homeless man's Charmed. Ooh. Constantine. I don't think plus... you know how much I hate Charmed. What's the other one? What's the one with the Winchester brothers? Uh, Supernatural. Yeah, Supernatural plus Charmed plus Constantine equals Angels Fallen. They tried to jam every trope, every cliche into this movie. And I think they were successful. Whether or not that determines it was a good movie, I think is not up for debate because it is just bad. <sighs> I would rather rewatch it, all of Charmed. <laughs> this movie ends on a cliffhanger that it does not deserve. It does not earn it in the slightest. I think the last 45 minutes of this movie, they completely rewrote the ending or they moved the ending from the middle because there's a bunch of continuity errors. There's just a bunch of issues. Like, this is just not a good movie. And to hearken back to an old argument that I've made, I don't think there are continuity errors in this movie. Because in order for there to be continuity errors, there has to be continuity established (laughs) from the beginning. There is a scene in which a character exists and then disappears and no one even mentions it. Did you even know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I guess not. Okay, we'll talk about it when we get there. But I mean, I saw the, clothes come and go between scenes. There's a scene where a character is standing in the dark until someone else walks in and turns the light on. I rewound it. <laughs> there were a couple of scenes, I will admit, that I just like, what? What? <laughs> Did I see that properly? Rewind rewatch it so there are parts of this movie i've already seen twice i did that to myself this movie does not have a wikipedia page it does not it does not it does not exist as far as wikipedia is concerned angels fallen has an imdb rating of 5.4 too high i'm trying to figure out who the hell gave that (laughs) 5.4 i i don't know we didn't we didn't read the tagline Oh, we didn't. We usually read the tagline. Yeah. So I'm going to read the blurb. Please. After the tragic loss of his wife battling the forces of darkness, Gabriel is persuaded to rejoin his former team of demon hunters traveling from relatively obscurity in America to the deep unknown regions of Europe. He is joined by his estranged best friend, Michael, who harbors a deep secret yeah. A mystical Hannah, whose visions predict the future. Yeah. And a motley crew of demon slayers. Can you read the part about Europe again? The deepest unknown reaches <laughs> of Europe. <laughs> After losing part of his team, Gabriel must confront his tragic past and decide who really is friend or foe. Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> I mean, Mythica was, what, a 5.8 on IMDb? On its best day. Hold on. And no, Mythica, you you said Mythica deserved a six. So let's not argue 5. about 8, that. Five point eight, yeah. There is no way that point four <laughs> stars is the difference between Mythica <laughs> and Angels Fallen. Oh man. There is no way. 
or Mythica deserves to be a little bit higher, and Angels Fallen deserves to be way, way lower. Something else uh, I was surprised by in this movie. I don't, I don't know if this is a a warning or I don't know, because the movie we watched it on Amazon Prime. On B-roll, we do straight to stream or indie indie movies. So this one you found on Amazon Prime. It's rated 13 plus, and I mm-hmm. have it up on I have Amazon Prime up because I wanted to double check before the before the podcast. It's rated 13 plus, but there is a lot of cursing that uh, if this came to a theater would definitely get it a, an R rating, despite anything else. Well, there is also there's also brief nudity would be what the MPAA would put on here. Also, not something you would see in a in a PG-13 movie. So I'm a little intrigued. It sounds to me like the person in charge at Amazon of watching the movies to give them a rating couldn't make it past the first 20 minutes and slapped a 13 plus on it. <laughs> like it's so bad they didn't get far enough into the movie to see the things that should rate it differently. Oh man, this movie, jeez. Yeah. So there's our initial thoughts. Uh So, um, <laughs> oh goodness! Do you want to talk about any of these actors? So I do want to talk about one actor in particular. Okay, Nicole Posner. I'm guessing Posner. Posner. Nicola Posner. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I I apologize. I'm sure she has gotten <laughs> that mistake many, many times in her life. Was not intended. Was not intended. Nicola Posner. I'm still probably still mispronouncing it. She was in. Mythica. So she's already been in a movie that we've reviewed. She played Tila. Do you th- like? Do you think that her performance in this movie is on par with what we'd already seen her do with Mythica? I actually think I prefer her in Mythica. Well, yeah, good writing and and decent directing go a long way. But I mean, like with her in particular, you think that? No, I, I don't think it's either of those things. Oh, okay. I think in in Mythica. While she was a, I mean, you could consider her a central character. She's a main character. But this is going to sound really crappy of me. Okay. I feel like she didn't do as much talking in Mythica. Mm. And so I think the role in which she is playing in this movie, I think the role is probably not for her. Uh, Oh, interesting. Because I think, I just don't think she's a good actress. And oh, so, she's not a bad actress. I, that doesn't mean you're good. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. She's a better actress but, than either either of us will ever she's be. She's a better actress than the majority of the people in this movie, but that doesn't make it right. I, say, I actually thought she was the best actor in this movie. Well, that that, that in itself is a problem, you know? Oh, uh, like, okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I mean, to make a basketball reference, you can't win a championship when your best player couldn't be the fifth best player on a five-person team. Well, all right. But I preferred her in Mythica. I also think that it probably is just because Mythica is a better movie. You yeah. are right. Probably better direction, better lines, oh, better director. Mythica, I don't think we had any issues with the writing in Mythica. I don't think it came up at all, which means it was probably good. The only writing that I was concerned about was when they were describing Thane as some great fighter. <laughs> uh. Well, they showed that as well. Anyways, this is not a review of Mythica. Sorry. Uh, yeah. It was just since we'd seen her semi-recently, yeah. I thought I would ask. How do I talk about the Martian Well, in this episode? You haven't mentioned Matt Damon <laughs> in a long time. Are you okay? Well, you, meant, uh, well, you mentioned Dogma 
earlier. Did I mention or, Dogma? Not earlier. In a previous episode, and there was there was a chance to talk about Matt Damon. I just didn't bring it up. Uh. Uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's let's break this plot down. I guess if you insist. In terms of insisting, I will admit that this movie starts out. I don't want to say strongly, but this movie does start out way better than it ends. Sure. I think it just, it loses its way less than halfway through, which is a problem, especially uh when it's an 86 minute movie. So sure. Like it's different if it's some like four hour epic and have in halfway through, you're like, man, what, what's going on with this plot? But so we get the uh, opening sequence, which I actually really liked the opening sequence. I think the opening sequence is probably the best part of the movie. We get an overhead tracking shot. It's in a drone or it's a helicopter, but it's, all it is is just something flying over some city streets. You kind of hear a person talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. If anyone doesn't know who the four horsemen of the apocalypse are, it's a biblical prophecy in which four riders will arrive and signal the end times. If you want a better story of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, play Darksiders. We are in a <laughs> sure. bar. Yeah. There is a guy named Gabriel. And we find out his name is Gabriel because the bartender says, same thing as always, Gabriel, or something to that extent. And he says, give me two. And he drinks both. And then he asks about a group of guys who are in the bar. And then the bartender says they've been there all week. Another gentleman shows up named Warwick, which I'm glad he got a name. Well, and I'm glad he that got actor so much would not right. play an unnamed character. <laughs> He just got so much screen time. Uh, yeah. We never hear about him again. The actor we are referring to is Eric Roberts. I recognized him immediately. He was a member of, of the crime syndicate in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I don't know if yeah. you looked up this dude's IMDb, but this no. guy is prolific. Oh, really? He has so many acting credits. Like He has 578 actor credits. Really? No. So what you're telling me is this was just like an afternoon for him? I guess. Like this guy's got 40 movies that are in pre-production, I'm sorry, post-production or currently filming. Wow. This guy works. And the weirdest part is he's an Academy Award nominee. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't always mean anything, but. I mean, I'm just saying if you were nominated for an Academy Award, like you're a good actor. So. Yeah. But if you're not marketable for whatever sure. reason, I don't know anything about him. I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. His breakout role was in 1960, 1974. And he's just been working ever since. But yeah, geez, this dude. Wow. What an IMDb. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. I think he's like a that guy. But sure. he's, God, geez. Okay. Wow. Anyways, moving on. He orders a dry martini with no vodka in it, which is just. Absolutely a disgusting beverage. He ordered it with no vodka in it? Yeah, that's what exactly is, what he says. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. He hands the bartender, it looks like a small jam jar, some kind of small poultice, it looks like a little bottle, and he drinks it. And the bartender says, ooh, that was good. I guess he starts mouthing off to another guy who looks like, I wrote down here that he looks like a failed hair metal rock star. Oh, I immediately thought of Spinal Tap. 
<laughs> I think he, yeah, he calls him Spinal because Tap because somebody at some calls point. him Spinal Tap here in the next five <laughs> minutes. I was like, ah, yeah, validation. <laughs> so the guy comes over and Warwick calls out Gabriel and says, uh, "This guy used to be a Demon Slayer." The guy kind of looks weirded out. I wonder why. Warwick leaves. Gabriel goes back to the table. Like I said, we're playing pool against each other. And then he says, you changed the table, which if you've ever played pool with anybody for money, accusing someone of changing the table essentially means they're calling you a cheat. Right. There's a tussle. Gabriel kicks the crap out of these guys and they dissolve in a poor facsimile of the way that demons die in Supernatural and Constantine. Except for it looks better in those television shows. Oh, for sure. That's what Vampires yeah. turning to dust in 1993 in Buffy the Vampire Slayer looks better <laughs> than well, whatever it is we just saw. They spent all their CGI budget on work out here. <sighs> okay. Right away, our main dude, Gabriel, he's not a good actor. I don't know what's wrong with his eyes, but they just, they're wide and he stares the yeah. whole time. I laughed the first time he was looking at something, and it showed his He's face. hyper intense. Way too much. And he never really looks at what he's supposed to be looking at. I don't know if you noticed that, but oh. like, oh, he'll be on. like looking off screen, like directly. It's like he'll be looking at someone, and he won't be looking at them. I don't know. <laughs> Second thing I noticed right away is that that guy is a professional. Uh, what was the big actor? That you just met, what was his name again? Eric Roberts. Yeah. Warwick. Yeah. You mentioned yeah Warwick. You mentioned he mentions that he is a, a professional demon cleaner. Like he cleans yeah. up after they're gone. But we just watched Gabriel kill four or five of these guys. What do you clean? What exactly <laughs> are you cleaning? He just has like a dust back, like a dust devil. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in a, a holster. No. Under his shirt, it's like behind one. his back. <laughs> yeah, he just whips it out. <laughs> or maybe it's like whatever they do, he covers it up. I I don't know, but sure. I was just like, well, what is what does this guy do if they're yeah. nothing? They fall they fall to nothing. Yeah. Ugh. During the tussle, one of the demons bites the neck of the bartender. And mm. at this point I wasn't even sure if they were demons because I mean how often do demons bite or you know, who are the supernatural creatures who bite people on the neck, right? Right. There's a crunch. This is a reoccurring thing. I watch movies with subtitles on because my wife watches movies with subtitles on. Oh. Uh, there's It says crunch. Not exactly the noise you hear when someone's biting another human, but mm. I don't know. I haven't I haven't bit a human in a while, so I don't know. Oh, this is the part where he calls the guy spinal tap, and then he drags mm. him outside and stabs him and kills him. Yeah. A new character arrives named Michael. He actually is standing directly behind wherever Gabriel is. He thinks he's outside, and then all of a sudden... Michael's behind him. It appears they did not end on good terms. Gabriel seems to give him the cold shoulder. And he's like, you got to come back with me. And then he says, like, Eve would want you to come back. And Gabe apparently doesn't appreciate that. And then Michael takes his shirt off, at least over his shoulder, and shows him that there's four scars that are supposed to represent four angels. Okay. Yeah. Warwick reappears. Yeah. The beverage or the poultice that he gave the bartender causes him to stand right back up. Apparently it's a potion, and it has the word Hannah written on it. So now they got to go see Hannah. We arrive at Ugh. an apothecary. Yep. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I assumed what it was. Some kind well, of every one of these. Do you, do you get the What's feeling? That? So we've already compared this movie to several 
I'm going to say supernatural television shows, uh, <laughs> including Supernatural, right? Charmed. Uh, I've mentioned Buffy. And all of those shows, there's somebody who supplies magical, uh, whether it's potions or spells or just objects, right? Right. And suddenly in this movie, we have two people who don't like each other. Like, it's just, it's just tropey. Who are going to set on a quest, and the first thing they do is stop by the apothecary, right? The mm-hmm. ye old magic shop. In downtown, what what city are they in? Any town, USA. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. gonna assume it's Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like Los like, Angeles or San Francisco or something. Yeah, it felt very West Coast, but it could be anywhere, I guess. Do you think that when this script was first being cobbled together, that it was meant for a television show? Um, no. Okay. Oh wait, hold on. So, are you asking if? They made this movie with the idea that after the movie gets made, mm. someone would pick up no, no, the IP for no. a TV show? No, I think they knew what they were making. Okay. I mean, like when it was being written in early, early mm. pre-production, do you think it was made with television in mind as opposed to a feature-length film? Uh, I, I'd still say no because, like I said, this feels just like a really... This feels like a homeless man's Constantine. You think so? It like just Constantine meets episodic. Avengers. Co- Constantine meets what? The Avengers. You know what I mean? Because mm. in Constantine, Keanu Reeves is a singular. He's the the titular character, but for oh, the most yeah. part, I'm sorry. He does everything by himself. I forgot there was a Constantine movie. Oh, there's a TV show. Yeah, there's a TV show. I was just oh okay thinking of the TV show, <laughs> which was another reason. That I was comparing it to a television oh, show. Oh, when I said Constantine. Okay. Yeah, sense. yeah. My bad. My bad. It's a decent show. I think it'll, it had one season. He's had some cameos on some other stuff as Constantine. Mm. Okay. I don't know how CW superhero shows come into our conversation so often. They really, really shouldn't. <laughs> Ugh, all right. No, I was, it was just a thought because it has all of the trappings of sure. a television show. Yeah. With the, the scenes here and then the next scenes with the shrink or whatever that was supposed to be. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but if this was a multi-episode story, all of those little side things like the Wart character and the shrink I just mentioned would have their own little episode or two episode arc, right? Sure. There doesn't seem to be any other reason for those characters to exist, but okay. All right. I mean, I get what you're saying. I I was maybe trying to defend the writer right there. (laughs) I don't know. If that's what I should have been doing. Amanda Barton, mm. who is an actress with exactly two writing credits. Well, we all have to start somewhere. We're starting with sure. this podcast, so she's got that on us. Sure. Come on, man. Our apothecary is Hannah, who is Tila, Nicola Posner. Yes. They hug. They hand him the jar. And she describes that, oh, it's this special potion I have that'll jumpstart the heart whenever demon poison enters the bloodstream. <laughs> yeah, makes, that makes sense. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah. They got to go to Europe. They want Hannah to come with her. Apparently, she is a scryer. She interacts with water, and somehow that gives her the ability to see the future, or at least what may pass or has passed. Right. I'm not sure. Reminded me a little bit of Fringe. I don't know if you ever watched Fringe, where she has to go in the sensory deprivation tank and has water in it, and it could be related to that. Sure. Some sort of divination. Yeah. She's able to divine what may come. And then all of a sudden, 
a small child walks out of the back of the room or the back of the shop. It's Hannah's kid. Her name is Ivy. She's like, well, I can't leave because I got my kid. And Gabriel's like, what about the father? And then Hannah just says, uh, well, he's not around. And then it just like cuts to Michael's face. Yeah. And then we cut, and then we cut back to Hannah. Michael eventually says, uh, well, you know, we'll send a security team to watch the kid 24 hours a day. And we still got to go pick up Ty. Apparently, Hannah doesn't like Ty because she kind of gets like weirded out about it. <laughs> and I have down here that Gabriel is very intense in this scene because he's intense in every, every scene. single scene that he's in. He's like, why did you have to mention Ty? And then they split up. We arrive in our next scene to Michael Madsen. <laughs> he's in this movie. Yeah. I also wrote down here that he is some kind of counselor or something. He's trying to talk Gabriel into coming to grips with his grief. He's like, well, you couldn't stop the demons. What chance do you have against these angels? He wants to offer the chance to hypnotize Gabriel. Did you notice that Mr. Madsen's shirt, you could see his skin in between the buttons sometimes, including the wire for his mic. He was wired up. No, I did not. Yeah. Well, now you know. Sorry. Uh, okay. No, it's all right. No, it's just, no, I'm sorry. It's like we're making a dish and you just sprinkled a little bit of. Yeah, I, I put paprika like, on your yeah, cupcake. It doesn't right really. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to hypnotize Michael. Or I'm sorry, Gabriel. He wants yeah. to hypnotize Gabriel. Gabriel doesn't necessarily want to do it. And he's like, well, do you still smoke? And then, like, that's the end of that conversation. And so he hypnotizes him. And then he says, you just need to keep your eyes open or nothing will ever change. Okay. Uh huh. They are now walking into a club, and they meet a gentleman named Ty. Ty is apparently is the owner of this club. He talks about how he's going to franchise it, and he's got like a like an energy drink made out of a processed demon blood or demon juice. I don't, I don't oh, I didn't know. catch that. I saw the energy drink. Obviously, I just didn't catch what it was. That's weird. He says we should get back into the daiquiri business. I don't remember who says it, Michael or Gabriel, but they say the angels have landed. Apparently, that's the that's the uh, thing that makes Ty in. He's like, okay, I'll join the quest. Sure. <laughs> you called it a quest. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, it, this is a quest. Uh, I guess. Like the Fellowship, man. I'm it saying. is exactly like Fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> You're right. My bad. No, 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 no. I said it is like a Fellowship. That is what I said. I did not compare it to Lord of the Rings. All right. I felt like you did, but you know, you do, you do whatever you feel like you got to do. I'll keep ignoring it. Michael Madsen's character apparently is named Balthazar, and he's showing he just appears, and he's like, "You're seeing stuff that isn't real, but it is, is it real?" I, I don't know. This is this is the part of the movie where it, it was showing its cracks, but these cracks have now spiderwebbed across the the picture frame. This is where the movie starts to fall apart. Because nothing makes any sense. Well, is he is he still hypnotized? Is him being hypnotized allowing him to see Michael Madsen, Balthazar? I'm going to say something that I'm going to say a lot for the rest of this podcast. Uh... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither do I. Uh, but... I have written, se- I have typed several times, I have no idea what is happening. <laughs> so, Michael. But only one of those times is it a good thing. Yeah, Michael's like, you guys are going to meet my new team. They arrive at a Zoatian monastery. 
they meet a guy named Dominic. Looks like a randomly generated character from a Dragon Age game. He presses some letters on a book. Yeah. Someone says, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then a door opens and they walk through a white hall with black text kind of falling down from the top to the bottom. Kind of kind of looks like the Matrix, except it's black and white instead of... I'm sorry, it's white and black instead of black and green. And it just looks like someone copied and pasted a bunch of stuff out of character map. Yeah. They meet a lady named Lola. Oh. Who is... Officially the worst person in this movie. Oh, officially, yes. <laughs> oh, maybe. So No. <laughs> because I mentioned it, I got to follow through here. They're walking down the white matrix hall- hallway, and then they get to this room, and they turn the lights on. This is a good-sized room. What was her name? Lola? Uh, it doesn't matter. Lola. She is 50 feet into this room, at least, right? Mm-hmm. She's standing at a table looking at something. In the pitch black darkness of the room, they turn the lights on and she looks over. What was she doing in the dark? Why was she doing in the dark? Don't know. Also, Gabriel walks in with a unbuttoned button, I would call it a button-up shirt, over his t-shirt in the hallway. And in every scene leading up to this, he has just had a t-shirt. (laughs) <laughs> he found more clothes along the way. <sighs> they meet a character named Newton who isn't credited in this movie. There's so many people who aren't. But this guy's like an actor. Like he was in um, The Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler flick, the Adam Sandler joint. <laughs> and I, I don't even remember his name in that movie, but he's in it. It's not important, whatever his name is in real life, but he's just not credited. Interesting. Fair enough. But his name is Newton. He's supposed to be some kind of scientist or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We we skipped over Lola's very important role. She's a hunter. Anyways. She tracks them down on that screen that never changes. Yeah. They kind of essentially bring up that Hannah is a psychic which is what we talked about earlier. I guess her scrying would be considered psychic powers. Yeah. Newton, I guess, essentially just has a, a running beef with Ty. They kind of just mess with you, with each other. Well, Newton kind of messes with him to start it off. Yeah. And then I feel like whoever, whoever it is that played Newton knew he was in a bad movie and just made <laughs> the most of it. <laughs> There's another scene coming up where I think this is more evident, but I get the feeling that he was just like, you can't direct me. I just did what he wanted. I guess he ended up being the comedic relief somehow, or at least he thought he did. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like ultimately his role was not only unimportant, but unnecessary. I think he just kind of like ruins the mystique of this movie because it's supposed to be this like serious thing and he's just a jackass. So fair enough. Thanks for having him. Anyways, Gabe arrives at Hannah's room. She's mixing some potions together. She's like, these are for my visions. The longer I stay under, the less accurate they become. So I essentially, uh, I have these to just kind of like jump me out there. I guess there's a timed release thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Who knows, man? She takes her clothes off. We don't see, like, she's not, we don't see her naked, but she just gets undressed, then gets in the shower. But oh, before she gets in the shower, she drips these drops on her arm. And then she sees the inside of a, a pretty grand looking theater. Like I actually thought this was pretty neat looking around and then a very spooky face shocks her out of her vision. 
a spooky face. So yeah. this is an un- this is an unrelated question to the movie, but I I feel the need to ask you: Have you ever eaten an orange in the shower? No, no, no. You probably don't buy oranges very often, but you should. You should buy an orange, peel it, and then put uh take a shower, and then while you're taking the shower, eat the orange. Just try it; it's glorious. Anyways, all right. They arrive. Well, I mean, if you want to need to get technical, the feeling of the cold I didn't need citrus to, I didn't need juices. To get- like leaking down your chin as the hot water hits your body i don't know it's worth they arrive at the theater the entire team they see some statues that as soon as they walk away from them they have the same scary face from hannah's vision lola gabriel michael and hannah enter the auditorium ty and dominic are out by the car with their clearly painted black nerf guns I think I have one of these Nerf guns, too. Hannah sees something. Lola's like, I don't see anything. Michael moves in. He kind of heads towards the stage. Gabriel just walks out of the room. I have in here, like, why did they split up? They're not Scooby-Doo. I don't understand. You never split up when investigating the ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Hannah and Lola mention how it's getting colder. Then we cut to Gabriel. He's in the bathroom. He washes his face. A woman named Valentina appears. She actually says something along the lines of she likes it when he gets rough with her. Maybe kind of indicating that there's some sort of past between the two that never gets expounded upon ever again. Oh, a little bit, but not enough. She's like, hey, I thought you quit your job. And he's like, well, yeah. Uh, She's like, you're in a safe house. This is where demons are, but they're all out to lunch. I don't know where your angel is. We cut back to the outside where we see Ty and Dominic again. And then we cut back to the inside where they are fighting demons again who die very easily. I don't necessarily know that you need a team of crack demon slayers when these guys fall over and die within like two (laughs) seconds of being encountered. Valentina's like, yo, you got to roll. They're all like, where's this angel at? She's like, nah, fam, there isn't one here. And then again, she's like, yo, Gabe, you should leave these chumps and come hang out with me. And he's like, no, I'll be back for you. And she's like, don't make promises you can't keep. Um, yeah. yeah, this the whole scene. Just, yeah. Thanks. I'm paraphrasing and I'm not even necessarily like paraphrasing too much. No. Everything that's happening is happening at the speed at which I am saying it. Essentially, it's slow and arduous. Yeah, Lola and Hannah... I guess get into a disagreement about their visions. Hannah's like, well, how come your tech didn't you know, help us detect those demons? And then Hannah's, or Lola's like, well, your visions didn't have any demons in it. <laughs> yeah. Michael's like, hey, did you see Valentina in this vision? And she's like, no. And he says, okay, well, I've been looking for her for quite a while. And he's about to explain something to her. And then she's like, nah. And then he's like, I still love you. And then she's like, I don't love you. And this is where... I guess it's kind of pretty much the worst kept secret of this movie is I guess that Michael is her kid's dad. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. Oh, I, I didn't. No, yes. Really? I, yes, I did. Come on now. <laughs> she goes, her, the father's not around. And then it showed his face looking all sure. butthurt. <laughs> <sighs> we cut back to Newton. He has a bunch of stuff in like a bucket. Cool. He's got Dominic's gun in there. It's and just Ty a, goes to, he just took that gun and just threw it in a bucket. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Ty goes to grab it, and apparently it's going to shock him. And Newton's like, well, it's got a fingerprint sensor on it. Luckily, I was around here to save your life. Yeah. And then he pulls a stick with a snake on it out. Apparently, it was Gabriel's. Yeah, sure. And that's the that's the end of that. Great. Then we cut to Gabriel, and he's hanging out on a gigantic wire-framed cross. Yeah. Apparently, this cross is so important because it's included on the cover of the movie. It is. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about the movie poster, I guess. Do we have to? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like... So what happened was... <laughs> the creators of this movie went on DeviantArt and typed in the words Angels Fallen and found something that looked cool and commissioned that person to then add that cross to that picture and then they use that as their poster. That is 100%. I haven't done any research. I haven't read anything or looked up anything or interviewed anyone, but I am 100% sure that is what happened. <laughs> there is a character. I'll just describe it to you. This, cause this, you should look it up because you're not going to believe what I say. There's a person, looks like a man, could be a woman, but looks like a man, uh, with a jean hoodie on. That is not a character from the movie. He's holding his arms across his chest diagonally, right? Like, you know, lay me down to rest or whatever. And he's holding two different pistols. His head is bowed down like as if in a prayer. Are they different? I thought they were both. No, I'm looking Jesus. right at it right now. He's got angel wings, white angel wings, which I, I don't know. The angels are the bad guys, right? Which is weird. He is not practicing good trigger discipline and possibly <laughs> pointing the guns at his wings, depending on if they're arched back or not. It's hard to tell. And then there's some flying demons, gargoyles, really. And then there's that giant lit up. How did he get up there? All right, that's sorry. And then there's. Oh, <laughs> and it's raining. It's moody. It says Angels Fallen. Four angels will come to destroy mankind. Asking the important questions. Uh, <laughs> no, really. I think this the whole time I was like, why and how? Sure. This picture, this poster, whatever you want to call it, has nothing to do with the movie except that it has the name on it. Everything else about it. I guess that cross. And everything this else looks... about it is, does it has nothing. It doesn't tell you. It, it, it conveys. The wrong message. I actually thought that... By the way, I found that actor. His name is Nicholas Totoro. Mm. Anyways, I actually thought that the poster... or It's not even a movie poster because this, this thing will probably never see a theater. But actually, it looks like the cover for like a book. It does look like a book cover. It's just missing the author name somewhere. Like a young adult yeah. book about angels and demons. Yeah. And when I first looked at it, I was like, what the hell is this thing? I expected a, a more gun action movie, honestly. Sure. I, I judged the movie by its cover. <laughs> I expected a lot of things out of this movie. So, Gabriel is on the cross and he's praying. He's standing on top of this giant cross, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and sorry. And he eventually... The way you worded that, I was like, well, let's clarify. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why not? He probably needs to be there. Oh, uh, anyways, oh. so he's praying to Eve, which I guess is his long dead wife. As one does. He's like, I'm lost. I need your help. And then all of a sudden the cross that is on his neck points like as if being pulled by something to some town off in the distance. Yeah, I think he took it off his neck and he's holding it out. Yeah. Asking yeah. for direction. He's... Like he's wanting that to happen. And then he walks into a room and he's like, we got to go to Warslock. 
W O R S L O C K, Warslock. Have you looked that up? Is that a real place? Uh, I I didn't want to. Apparently, it's an isolated town that used to have demons in it. Lola's like, I don't like this plan. You know, it's off in the mountains. There's there's no there's no like map or anything, and which kind of confused me because they talk about how this is going to take a while for them to get there, but it didn't really look that far from when he was sitting on that cross. Yeah. Like it looked like maybe five miles away. I don't know. They grab their Nerf guns, they grab their weapons and they're rolling out. We're in a truck with Hannah, Lola, Michael and Gabe. Apparently Ty and Dominic couldn't come. Lola asks him about his stick. Yeah. And he's like, I used it for my exorcisms. Uh, And then we get a flashback of him doing an exorcism to a young woman in her undergarments. Yeah. Contorting herself on her bed. Uh-huh. I mean, this is what I'm saying. This dude's he's a homeless man's John Constantine. Yeah. No, no, I'm in almost you. every sense. Everything about him, his look, like the way he's just crazy intense, everyone around him dies, everything. Pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. And this is when I wrote down that this whole movie is like a discount Constantine mixed with charm, sprinkled with a dash of supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. We cut back to Newton, and he's just goofing around. And then the lights go out, and then a demon shows up. Well, he, he's, he, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you you skipped he, uh, you skipped the best part. But keep going, and we'll we'll come no, back. What, what no, what part did I skip? Lolo or Hannah, and while they're in the car, she looks around and then goes, "Hey, where's Ty?" <laughs> 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 They've been on the road for a while. Yeah. Oh, where where is he? Oh, they went to go get supplies. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is code for we didn't have another vehicle that could fit six people. Yeah. <laughs> it just this is this is it. But she just this looks is the around cinematographer's goes, truck. Yeah. Oh wait. Where is <laughs> one third of our team? Yeah. Uh sorry. It was No, it's all right. No, no, no. I wasn't apologizing <laughs> to you, I was apologizing to myself. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Anyways, talk about Newton again. Yeah. He's like goofing off. Like he, essentially what he's doing, like he's playing around. He punches this demon in the face and the demon falls over and he's like, you ain't nothing, bro. And then the lights go black. Um, and then we never hear or talk or see Newton ever again. Did you skip the part where he dances? Or is that later? Uh, no, it's the part I just put in here that he's goofing around. Oh, no, he dances and gets the demon to dance with him. Yeah, that's what, fair enough. <laughs> this is a bit where I was like, I don't think this guy took direction. I think he just did. He was like, this is what I got to do. Fine. Yeah. You'll, I'm going to do this and you're going to take it. <laughs> we cut back to Ty and Dominic arriving. Yeah. They don't appear to have any supplies. No. So I don't know what they were doing, but it wasn't getting supplies. And this is the part where I just ultimately lost faith when they're like, there's no exact coordinates to this town. We'll lose signal. The deeper we go. Well, it's the unknown depths of Europe, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> they were in a room with a view screen, <laughs> which indicates that they had some sort of satellite imagery. They couldn't just, hey, what was the last time we saw a Warslock? Hey, let's just send the satellite over that guy. I don't know. I'm out. They start to cross some dam that immediately starts to burst starts to crumble (laughs) 
Yeah, they're like, we're not going to make it. Oh. They get off the dam and it just stays damaged. This dam eventually like crumble and this big catastrophe that kills hundreds of people. Well, I had the I impression know, but... that it was being broken by supernatural forces because there's no way that right. it just starts crumbling. Concrete doesn't just that much crumble just because some people started walking over it. But what I'm saying is like, it doesn't stop when uh... they get off the dam. Oh, does it not? No. So, in the extended canon of this movie, I assume the, the dam eventually breaks and hundreds and thousands of people die from it's it. Not, first of all, it's not that big of a, of a dam. <laughs> but yeah, hundreds of thousands of people die for sure. I mean, yeah. Don't, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> this is the only way I'm able to make it through this. They eventually decide they're going to go through the same cave from Mythica or Kingdom of Gladiators. I wonder if Hannah was like, oh, I've been in here. I've been in this cave. This Uh, cave is eventless. Like, nothing happens. Well, they were so worried about going through it, though. Yeah. Uh, Again, to harken back to other movies that we've talked about, young directors, if you were going to make a bad movie, make sure that you fill it full of scenes of people going from place to place without any purpose. Well, he needed to get to the 86-minute mark. Exactly. (laughs) We get more walking. They're walking around outside on a well-traveled path, which, you know, whatever. Dominic makes some weird face, and then Hannah says she needs to stop, and then she's like, those are some weird clouds. And then locusts, a locust swarm arrives and picks up Dominic and carries him away. Yeah, yeah. Lola's like, I'm done. We should have never come this way. I'm going to go around. And then she's like, Hannah's like, no. And then she's like, did your vision see Dominic getting carried away by these locusts? Yeah. I Like, do you think Lola was just hating on Hannah because she was the only other girl in their group? Like, is it's just constant needling? Well, it could, it, 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 they could have been. It could be them trying to do the whole because she tracks down the demons with, with sophisticated satellite and tracking software because the way the demons do magnetic fields or some something. You know, and then sure. Hannah shows up and she's like, I just close my eyes and see them. So maybe she feels threatened. <laughs> They're also probably building them up as an, as antagonists to each other for the climax. Yeah, possibly. That I mean, that could be the reason. I, I don't know. She says, I never wanted to be a part of this team. And she rolls. And then Ty is sad that Dominic didn't make it. And then they're in a bar. <laughs> <sighs> Apparently they had... Dude, what did he say? Like forty kilometers to go. Forty, and then yeah, it's something like that. Sure, and then sure. now all of a sudden they're in an inn, a tavern. Yeah, sure, sure. Why the heck not, dude? Yeah, a waitress named Jem appears. She gives them some beers, and she's wearing some really short shorts. And they're like, "Hey, have you ever heard of this place called Warslock?" And she's like, "No, I've never heard of it." And then Hannah's like, "Is there a place right we can stay?" And she's like, "There's a hotel in the back." She arrives at the desk and he says, this is a good room, but this is also a good room. Like, that's an actual line of dialogue from this movie. Yep. I'm having an internal argument because on one hand, I I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. (laughs) And on the other hand, how they get to a city with with electricity and modern people and a bar serving modern drinks and there's a hotel, but they couldn't drive there. It's, uh, or was it just uh, quicker to walk? I'm confused. It's the unknown regions of Europe. <laughs> but how 
how do they get their drinks for the bar and the food? And why do they have a hotel if no one can make it there? I have no idea, man. Did them walking over the mountain save them like a day's trip in a car? Is that what the whole idea was? I, I'm, conf- uh, I'm confused. I got nothing. All right. Good. <laughs> she grabs one of the keys, and then we cut back to the bar. Michael's like, well, I'm out. Calling it a night. Checks out a little early. This is where Ty kind of confirms that he misses Dominic. And he's like, I missed our time together, <laughs> which is, I don't know. Calls him like five a brother or something. I'm like, y'all yeah. just met like yesterday. Five minutes of screen time. Yeah, they're best friends. Ty's like, yeah, he's like a brother to me. Like you were when we first started out, we were going to change the world. And then you disappeared. And then he's like, I'm going to go use the restroom. And then Jim comes back and she's got some shots. And I guess she's like trying to seduce him. Trying to and she's Gabriel. Like, Let me see your yeah. hands. Yes, Gabriel. Yeah, sorry. She reads his palm or whatever, and he's. she offers him a more private reading, and he's like, no. And then Ty comes back to the table. Well, yeah, Gabriel leaves. Yeah. Yeah, Ty returns to the table, starts talking to Jem, and she hands him the, the double shot, and they drink it. And she's like, let's go to the back, because we've got more drinks back there. And then Hannah is in her hotel room, and then there's a knock on the door, and they're like, we got fresh towels. The door opens. Apparently, it's a pair of demons. We cut out to Ty making out with Jim. Uh, yeah. This is the part where um, we briefly touched on the nudity. Her top is off. Surprising. Anyways, Michael arrives just in time to help Hannah take care of the demons. Gabriel, like, he yells at Ty. Because we can see that there's something different about her. Ty can't because he's busy. He yells at Ty, and she bites him, and then he tases her. She have wings at some point. Yeah, like it's, this is the part that Ty doesn't really see. Like, uh, there's something obviously different about her. I don't remember what it is. I didn't think it, I, it apparently wasn't important enough to remember. But yeah, I think it is wings. She has wings out. Yeah. Gabriel and Ty drag her into Hannah's room. Ty mentions that he's been bitten, and then he just kind of falls over. And then we get a weird cutaway of him falling through a ring of fire. And then he wakes up because he's given a potion by Hannah. And then he gets mad and tases Jim again, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. He's trigger happy with that thing, man. Michael's like, I'll stay here with Hannah. Gabriel and Ty take uh, Jim to Gabe's room. And she's like, you know, the last time we talked, you told me to stay. I told you to stay away. I'm glad you didn't. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to leave you the first time. Who are you talking about? Uh, Hannah and, Ty- uh, and Michael. Hannah and Michael. That's right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Hannah gets in the bathtub and she's wearing her clothes this time, which I don't understand why she took a shower earlier and wasn't wearing any clothes. But now she's before in a... I think she was actually taking a shower. And this time she's just trying to get <laughs> she was like, uh... I need to scry. I need to I need to scry and I need to shower. I think I'll just do them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hannah's all of her visions are kind of. I think they're reddish. Am I am I remembering that right? That there's like kind of a reddish hue? Anyways. Yeah, sure. I don't know. She's in some kind of market. There's a lot of stuff being purchased and sold. Then she approaches a well and then there's a scary face. So I guess we could go ahead and, because I think we just kind of glossed over it. Uh, Jim is one of the angels. That's what we ultimately determine. Yeah, the wings were kind of a dead giveaway. Right. Now Gabe is just sitting around. He's just hanging out and then... Michael Madsen shows back up, Balthazar, and then he's like, why didn't you take the shot? Take the shot! He, like, yells it at him. 
And then he's like, no, I didn't want to take the shot. And then Hannah shows up. Balthazar disappears and she's wearing a fantastic hair towel. She's like, hey, I just want you to know my Ivy, my daughter, she had to remind us because she's such an unimportant character that we probably forgot who she was. She drew a picture of her dad with angel's wings laying on the ground. I'm glad that bit of dialogue was in there. She said that she saw her dad dead with angel wings or something? No, she says that she drew a picture of her dad lying on the ground with angel wings. Mm. Not dead. Lying on the ground. Lying on the ground. We get another scene because we cut immediately to them walking again. But there's actually a dog in this scene. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I don't think so, no. They were walking around and during shooting a dog, I guess, started following them. And I thought the dog was important. We never see the dog again. So, more walking. Of course not. (laughs) They arrive at the market that Hannah saw. Everyone's dead. Jim says something. Ty tells her to speak. And then she's like, no. (laughs) And then he threatens her with a taser. And she's like, I was here last week. There was a party and then a fight. And then she picks up a doll off the ground. It looks ratty and says, this is Isabel. And then it bites Gabriel. <laughs> it leaps and bites at Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> He's holding this doll up and moving it around. Yeah, like, oh. it, he, I guess they're trying to, like, have him pretend like he's trying to throw it off of him but he's just got a grip on it like you can see it like he's just holding on to this damn doll apparently the doll is our second angel uh he throws it to the ground mikey puts a burlap sack on it (laughs) okay we cut back to lola arriving at the tavern that michael and the rest of them were at and dominic is there he's like i'm thirsty they get some water and he drinks it and she's like what's going on where you been and then she looks down and sees like some swirly swirls in her water and then valentina the girl from earlier in the movie shows up and says sleep tight and we are moving on to our next scene where we are now at a campsite ty is mocking jim he has like a marshmallow on a knife yeah and he's like teasing her like he's gonna feed it to her and then he takes it away gabriel's like she's not a girl she's an angel a demon angel yeah yeah so yeah we got it sure now we got a whole new category of angels great hannah and gabe just roll off some exposition for no reason she brings up the four horsemen of the apocalypse i don't even remember what order they're in i think it's like war pestilence it, uh, it doesn't matter. Famine and then death. Yeah. And then Ty gets up and he's walking around with his Nerf gun. They're like, where you go? And he's like, I'm going to go set some booby traps. And he <laughs> says it just like that. Like, I'm not. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, you're good. Uh, Mike. Oh, goodness. Michael hands Hannah his coat. And he's like, why don't you go to sleep? Gabriel is like, you know, we'll stay up and we'll do the watch. And then it cuts to him sitting by himself in the woods I guess he's meditating about the wedding that he had. All of a sudden, Ty, Hannah, Eve, Michael, and Gabriel are in some outdoor area, like some kind of square, and they split up, you know, because it's always a good idea. Yeah, it's worked Uh, out so well so far. Gabriel's walking around, and then he finds Eve on the ground on her back, and she's like, some bad angels are going to show up. And then Hannah wakes him up, which I wrote down was very rude. He was dreaming about his wife. Oh, yeah, because she knew that. Come on now. 
She's like, I'm going to go scry. And she arrives at... I mean, this was my biggest problem. I guess my biggest question is, is this a brook or a creek? What's the difference? Or is it a crick? I don't... I I think crick is just hillbilly for creek. Fair enough. She sees a mountain. And then she sees some water. And then she sees the scary face again. Gabe is out and about. And he sees a scary looking kid. And then here's some snapping twigs. Does he see the kid? I don't think he sees the kid. He, I think he looks directly at its direction. Right, and right. It shows I'm sorry. The kid. Should, he should have seen the kid, sure. But I don't think he did. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, yeah. Also, right. as an aside, brooks are typically smaller and shallower than creeks. Okay, so this is probably a creek. Yes. So this kid, who's all spooky looking, arrives at the campsite. In this entire scene, I don't know if you noticed it, but like Michael's just laying on the ground, not doing anything. Yeah. Like he's just, I guess he's still asleep. Everyone's making all this noise and he's just snoozing through it. Hannah offers her some food. She puts her hand over it. And then apparently now there's mold on it. And then she sprouts her wings. So now she's angel number three. Yeah. Okay. There was significantly less biting with this one. Uh, yeah. Didn't you know it was a demon or an angel when it started walking up? Oh, no, I totally figured that it was a, this was not a, everyone's like, oh, my God, this kid who's lost in the woods we're in this place surrounded by demons. I guess she must be a normal child. No, I knew there was something up. <sighs> uh, now they're on a boat on a river. Lola is on this boat in this scene. She's in this scene. Is she? Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm, I'm not making it up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are you pulling it up? Hold on. Stand by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, there's there's an extra person here. I can't tell who it is. One thirteen twenty eight. I'll give you the exact timestamp. You're killing me. You're absolutely killing me. <laughs> I mean, I believe you, obviously. Just good God, man. Ugh. All right, here's a better one. One fourteen twelve. How about that? One fourteen twelve. All right. Yeah. Hey, the movie. Get a sh- <laughs> the movie just started. Hold on. <laughs> do you not have the Amazon Prime app on your phone? Come on, man. I, I don't think I do actually. I don't really watch movies on my phone. Well, I have a Chromecast, so I just I have all the movie apps, and I just one fourteen, <laughs> twenty eight, twelve. Oh, I skipped it. She's running her fingers through the water. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right in the middle too. Like, how did I miss that? Oh, I just wasn't engaged. Uh, I just have lolololololololol. <laughs> I want you to know that I wasn't. I did. It's not that I didn't. It's not that I didn't trust you. It's not that <sighs> I didn't believe that that's what would happen. It's just that I can't believe I missed that. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so <sighs> Hannah is uh well during this shot when they're on the boat, everyone kind of looks around and is looking at each other, and then Hannah puts her fingers in the water and then she stands up and jumps right in. Well, she like falls jump like i think she meant to jump but it looks like she fell i don't know not very gracious or uh no. not very uh, graceful old nicola posner 
she apparently is in the place where Eve died because it looks the exact same. Uh, it is. She sees a figure, like a black figure, uh, and then she sees another one, and then she says, I saw the fourth angel, but I saw a fifth angel. And everyone's like, there's no way that's possible. There would be no fifth angel. And then they arrive at the square, and Lola isn't with the team. As she shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I feel like this movie like got chopped up and happens way out of order. There's all sorts of stuff. Because we never actually, I, do we even find out if there is a fourth angel? Because we never see them? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we figured it out. When they're walking into this, so Michael has his gun, right? His mm-hmm. whatever that is. And it has a laser sight okay. that comes out of the barrel, like straight down the middle of the barrel. Is it like, <laughs> did you not notice where the laser was coming from? <laughs> I think I stopped paying attention to the firearms in this movie. The first time he he shows it, the laser comes on and it's coming down the barrel. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, carry on. <laughs> Please let me carry on. Gabriel looks up and sees like some kind of light in the upstairs area. He goes into what appears to be a room. And Michael Madston is there, Balthazar. I think he says something to the effect of like, well, this isn't the past, this is the future. Okay. And then he goes back downstairs. Lola and Dominic have arrived. Valentina is there. Dominic has Ty and Lola has Hannah. Michael, Jim, Isabel, and the unnamed creepy kid are all missing. Over Valentina's shoulder, Michael walks out of the open doorway with Jem, the girl, and the doll. And then he kills Valentina. He just stabs her right in the back. He's a backstabber. Yeah. He says, uh, thank you for helping me gather up all these angels. I had to make a deal in order to get this power. I had to sacrifice Eve. Apparently he's the guy who killed her. Yeah. Ooh, twist. Yeah. He's a classic... He's a line stepper, man. <laughs> and then we have a good old fist fight. So instead of people using their guns, we just have a bunch of people punching each other, kicking. I wrote down here that this is the epitome of okay choreography. And then Gabe and Michael can Hadouken each other? Or they can Hadouken? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this they, whole time they could have yeah, they, they, they Hadouken. Yeah, they Shoot down, energy. down, forward, forward. Punch. B-roll. And they... Uh, and... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and right into each other, and it causes them to fly apart. During this fight, Ty and Dominic and Hannah and Lola each fight their respective captor. Ty manages to break Dominic's neck, and then Hannah manages to stab Lola, but there's no blood? Yeah, sure. Sure. Michael summons a fire circle around himself and Gabriel, and then he... Which <laughs> Gabriel jumps over? Yeah. And then he uppercuts Gabriel out of that fire circle. And then he sprouts, I guess, the angel wings. So I guess Michael is the fourth angel. I guess. And then he, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of times I said, I guess, when I was typing these notes. Then he picks up his snake stick. And then, like, he looks very intimidating or intense. Michael says something to the effect of, well, you know, go ahead and try it. And then he jumps back into the circle and then just anticlimactically stabs Michael with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anticlimactic. That's a good word. And then a light appears above Gabriel, like a little light ray. 
And then we cut back to, I guess, a flashback of Michael standing over Eve and Gabriel while Gabriel's holding his, I guess, dead wife at the time. Dying, yeah. Yeah. We cut to, like, a shadow of some kind of tendril stabbing Gabriel. And then he falls over. And then he disappears. And then Hannah is putting flowers on his grave. What the heck just happened? <laughs> like, so, yeah, I, th- I thought maybe, like, Michael's dead this whole time. Gabriel. Gabe, sorry, Gabriel's been dead this whole time, but just been on Earth. He didn't realize he was dead. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Who knows anything that is happening in this movie? I actually have a theory on that. Give me your theory. I have a theory on Balthazar, and it's a it's a reach. So stop me if you think I'm getting too crazy. In the game Chrono Trigger, Balthazar is a character associated with time travel so i think that balthazar didn't really hypnotize gabriel he just sent him forward in time i i I don't know i don't know i I have i have no explanation for what it could be what's happening because he just he just shows up at the gravesite and he talks to hannah for a few minutes he's like yeah i knew gabriel and then he disappears and then ivy's like hey mom i found some flowers and then some wings pop up from behind her back so I guess she was the fifth angel, which right. makes sense because Michael was the fourth angel. Right. And then speaking of Michael, it cuts to him standing there and he's like, I'll never be dead as long as she's alive. Yeah. And then we get the end of the movie. Yeah. I, so I was talking about earlier. This is a cliffhanger that this movie does not deserve, mainly because it's really bad. And I don't want to talk about this plot anymore. <sighs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for you to edit this thing. <laughs> well, no, this this is gonna be a special unedited episode yeah, of Roll B, of Roll B. Roll B. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I haven't been recording at all. I'm just. Kidding. Oh, you son uh, of a! Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, man, did you think that this was a good movie? Oh God, why are you asking me that question, man? Ask me the. <laughs> I, uh... No, I have to ask. That's part. Well, of I opened thing. it. No, we. I don't. Nothing you said along the way has changed my mind. This is not a good movie. No, I didn't ask that. I asked if you liked it. When did you ask if I liked it? What? what? Just now. Oh. Did I not? Did I not say? Okay, let's let's. Sorry, start you, um, our format is confusing even to me. So at the beginning, <laughs> I said this is a bad movie and I hated it, and nothing you've said <laughs> since then has changed my mind. This is a bad movie and I hate it. <laughs> I ultimately agree. Um, <laughs> God, if you disagreed with me, if you try to argue for this movie, this that would this would have been it. This we would be this done. Is, this is this is the hill I'm dying on. <laughs> this is not. I, I did not like this movie. Yeah, I don't think this movie did anything that was redeemable. I mean, I think I said the same thing about Kingdom of Gladiators, which is weird. That movie had that's a another... clothesline in it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this movie has any redeeming qualities. This is cliche. Every single thing that you think that you can find that has anything to do with supernatural TV shows or movies about angels and demons, it's all been done. It's all been done better. Don't watch this movie. And if you did watch this movie, I don't know why you did it. Unless you are recording a podcast making fun of this podcast, you should never watch this movie. Honestly, though, do you think this movie is worth watching just to make fun of? How many times did you laugh out loud when you were watching this? Several. There you go. There's your answer to your question. Okay. I knew where I stood. 
if you like to laugh at bad <laughs> movies, this is a good choice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a movie to hate watch. This is a movie that you invite friends over, bust out the popcorn, maybe a couple of adult beverages, and you just have a laugh. Yeah. But if you're scrolling through Amazon Prime late one night and you're just sad because Supernatural is ending and you you want to get your, you your kick fix. on. Yeah. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Keep scrolling. Watch Twilight. Don't watch this. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely watch Twilight instead. <laughs> Perfect. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> well, that was Angels Fallen. Angels, like, plural, fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Angels Fallen. Not Angels Falling, fallen. There's that. There was that. I think that's this is where we do the end part, right? Yeah. This is the end. Not the movie. This is the end. This is the end of podcast. Yeah. we're not gonna watch that this has been another episode of the b-roll podcast i've been your other host anthony and i've been your other host chris feel free to like and subscribe thumbs up share whatever shameless social media plug we can provide email us at uh sci-fi wise guys at gmail.com hit us up on twitter at at b underscore roll podcast what's our patreon patreon.com slash b underscore roll all right yeah we're all over the place that'll about do it for us perfect i want to thank everyone for listening to this whatever this was <laughs> to this one oh man please listen to our next one I promise <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll <laughs> don't make promises right, you man. can't keep chris <laughs> <laughs> thanks bye. for listening bye This movie has Bruce Greenwood in it. That oh. sounds familiar, but I don't know who that is. He was uh, Captain Pike from the uh, new Star Trek movies. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Nice. I can right. get behind that. All right, cool. I mean, I watched Singularity without realizing John Cusack was in it. Um, <laughs> I until... think everybody watched that without realizing he was in it. <laughs> well, no, if you look up the, like, the, I looked up that movie. I, that is the one movie I have done more Google searches about. Than any other movie we've watched. All of them call it what? John Cusack's new sci-fi. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they they were really yeah. hoping that John Cusack would sell that film. Ugh. I don't know if it worked. <laughs>